today, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau committed $2 billion towards the provincial program. That's barely a week old. BC Builds was announced uh, last week. The program will involve nonprofits, local governments, public agencies, First Nations and and community groups uh, to who will help to identify underused land across the province to create and build more homes for uh, means-tested middle-income renters. The $2 billion promised by the feds comes from the federal government's apartment construction loan program. Now, that money is on top of the more than $2 billion announced last week by the B.C. government as well. Prime Minister Trudeau said today that those federal dollars will help support and build anywhere from 8,000 to 10,000 new homes here in British Columbia. Here is Prime Minister Trudeau from earlier today. Premier Eby announced an ambitious and fundamentally practical new housing program that is going to turn underused public and non-profit land into affordable rental housing for the middle class. They've started with over 20 different sites where they will take parking lots, underused land around healthcare facilities, potential buildings on top of daycares, and work with partners to build apartments that meet the needs of middle class Canadians and their families. Part of that is working hand-in-hand with First Nations. But let's remember that these won't be your typical tiny one-bedroom units that have been popping up across downtowns across the country. These will be units of all sizes, including up to three or four bedrooms, the kind of places where families can grow and they can call home. I was so proud to announce the $2 billion in construction financing for BC Builds to build actually attainable middle-income housing in our province using this land that's available an additional billion dollars to drive down rents and costs even further. We're starting with rental housing. We're going to move into housing for purchase as well. This is a model that has been used in Singapore, in Vienna, uh, in, uh, in far off places like Seoul, Korea, and in Whistler, British Columbia. Uh, we know that it works and we're taking that model and we're expanding it dramatically. That was Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and Premier David Eby at an announcement today. So what's this all mean? We've got so many housing announcements uh, from different levels of government with housing targets that get thrown around easily and you kind of forget, well, what's what's real here? Well, joining me now to talk about the issue is Chris Gardner, President of the Independent Contractors and Businesses Association. Chris, thank you for joining us today. Great to be on the show, Jess. So your thoughts on this, Prime Minister Trudeau here in Vancouver uh, with Premier Eby uh, announcing that they want to... Uh, you know, pay into and help fund a provincial program or be involved with the province. Uh, your your thoughts on that? Well, the concern I have about where we are with housing is that we've been underinvesting in housing uh, for decades. This is not something that just happened overnight. And um, if you think about what happened in Canada, you know, 50 years ago in 1972, we built about 230,000 new homes in the entire country. That's effectively the same number that we built last year. 51 years later. So we have not been able to move the needle on supply, um, which doesn't make any sense given how, how fast the country's population is growing. And so that really, the, the issue really is supply. And the challenge with where we are in terms of the people we're in, the building new homes, um, is that when you think of the numbers, so CIBC two weeks ago came out and said, we have to build about a um, every single year between now and 2030, about a million new homes. That's four times what we're building right now, four times. And so if you think about British Columbia, last year we built about 45,000 new homes in British Columbia. The billions of dollars that the federal government just announced is only going to provide, according to their press release, about 2,000 new homes a year. So less than 5% of what we need, and certainly far below 
the scale that is required to really make a dent in affordability. So the challenge is there's not enough government money to get us out of the hole that we're in. And if we want to get out of this uh, and tackle affordability in a meaningful way, we have to let the private sector build homes. And right now there's too, there's too much rules, red tape and regulation in the way that's preventing them from doing that. So you're saying we need to build a million, or CIBC is saying we need to build a million homes in Canada per year. Uh, judging by today's announcement, that's a do- drop in the bucket. Uh, and what you're saying is in this country, we're building about 220,000 homes at this point, not the million that are that, that are needed. So where's the bottleneck? The bottleneck is really in, in the regulatory framework that, per, that, it's, that means that it takes far too long to approve and permit housing projects. And, and, and so it shouldn't take four to six years in, in, in many communities in the Lower Mainland to approve a high-rise tower, for example. Um, so we've got too much of the approval process that gets bogged down inside City Hall. And what cities have to do to cope with uh, the challenge here is get some of the simpler approval and permitting processes and take it outside of City Hall. Um, there's no reason why City Hall can't rely more on expert engineers and consultants and contractors um, to do the basic and simple things required in home construction. You know, no one's reinventing the wheel here. Um, and the fact that everything still has to go into City Hall, it gets bogged down in City Hall, um, is, is a big part of the roadblock. The other part of the, of the issue in, in terms of affordability is just the taxes, fees, the levies that are being layered on housing by every single level of government. Uh, Metro Vancouver, for example, has increased the development cost charges per unit from about $9,000 a door to about $25,000 a door over the next two to three years. They made that announcement uh, a few weeks ago. Um, and that's just symptomatic of of the, the fees and, and, and taxes that are being levied on homes make it more expensive. And then finally, if you think about what the federal government did two weeks ago, the federal government convened a national summit on auto theft. Well, where's the national summit on housing affordability? It does not serve anyone well to have the federal government going off in one direction, the provinces going off in one direction, and then City Hall doing sort of left to their own devices. So effectively, the first-time home buyer is left struggling with a lot of finger-pointing between the different levels of government, a lack of coordination, a lack of collaboration, and it all shows up in an affordability challenge that really the hole is so deep as it's going to take us an awful long time to get out of it. Uh, you know, when I think of, when you mentioned high-rises or single-family homes, I just think, man, that's a lot of carpenters, that's a lot of uh, framers, a lot of plumbers. Walk me through where we are in regards to labor right now in regards to actually getting things built. Well, the challenge we have with uh, in the construction workforce, and it's happening across our economy, is we've got an aging workforce. About 20% of construction workers are going to retire over the next five years. Uh, the retirement aging construction is a little younger than the, than the broader economy, so it's 60 years old. Um, so that's a challenge. And then we look at the immigration system. Uh, our immigration system doesn't work well for Canadians. It doesn't do a good job of identifying the skills gaps in the economy and then go out there and recruit the people to come in to fill those gaps, whether it's doctors, nurses, tradespeople, technicians, all of those people we need. The challenge is last year we took in about 460,000 new permanent immigrants Canada, only about 2% of 
of those people are going to go into the construction trade. That number should be up to about 8 to 10%, which is about the representation of the construction jobs in our economy. And so we need to do a better job of bringing into Canada people with the skills in, in construction trades and other specialty um, skills um, that are going to help build our economy. That's failing us right now. And, um, and you know, we are, you know, we need immigration. Um, and there's a, there's a lot of, if you look at our population, uh, it's increased over the last two years by 2 million people across Canada's population. It's got by about 2 million people in 2022. That number was about 825,000 last year, about 1.2 million. So a lot of people are coming in, but we're not doing a good job of making sure they have the skills that we need. And so, and, and a good portion of those people, about two thirds, are temporary immigrants. These are international students, people on temporary work visas, um, and so that's putting an enormous amount of pressure on all, all of our infrastructure. Um, so we've just got to do a better job of finding that balance, but making sure we're bringing in the people with the skills we need to fuel our economy going forward. Uh, my final question to you, uh, the, the announcements made today are sort of medium to long term, and some would say, what are we going to do in the short term? Do you see this getting better, this housing challenge, rental challenge, in three to five years? Do you think we'll be in a better place? I mean, we're still going to have immigration. We're still going to have people moving here. Do you think we'll be at a better place at that time, or do you think it's going to take longer than that? Well, I think, um, I think we'll, be, we'll be better, but there's no magic bullet here. And, and, and it has, there does have to be better coordination between the federal, provincial, and local levels of government. Um, city halls have to get more efficient in terms of how they approve and permit projects. We've got to stop uh, layering on fees and taxes uh, on housing. You don't make housing cheaper by making it more expensive to build. Um, and, and then on the immigration side, we do need, we've got to be recruiting more people who are interested in, in skilled trades or have a skilled trades background so that we can put them to work to help build the infrastructure, not just homes, but the roads and bridges and, and all the other, the, the schools, the hospitals that we need um, to support our growing population. Chris, thank you for your time. Great. Thanks so much, Jeff. Appreciate it.